Coming up on 5-Minute News. Joe Biden won't kill filibuster to protect abortion law. Russian military storm Mariupol steel plant after evacuation. And Bolsonaro cancels invite for observers to oversee election. It's Wednesday, May 4. I'm Anthony Davis. Joe Biden blasted the radical Supreme Court draft opinion that would throw out the landmark Roe v. Wade abortion rights ruling that has stood for half a century. The court cautioned no final decision had been made, but Biden warned that other privacy rights, including same-sex marriage and birth control, are at risk if the justices follow through. Chief Justice John Roberts said he had ordered an investigation into what he called the egregious breach of trust in leaking the draft document, which was dated to February. Across the nation, Americans grappled with what might come next. The Democratic-controlled Congress and White House both vowed to try to blunt the impact of such a ruling, but their prospects looked dim. A decision to overrule Roe would have sweeping ramifications, leading to abortion bans in roughly half the states, sparking new efforts in Democratic-leaning states to protect access to abortion and potentially reshaping the contours of this year's hotly contested midterm elections. If the court does overturn Roe, it will fall on our nation's elected officials at all levels of government to protect a woman's right to choose, Biden said, and it will fall on voters to elect pro-choice officials this November. Overriding the procedural filibuster rule, seen as a nuclear option by congressional watchers, would reduce the vote requirement to 50. But Biden says he's not on board, at least not yet. I'm not prepared to make those decisions now, Biden replied to a reporter's question, asking him directly if the Senate would do away with the filibuster to codify the Roe v. Wade ruling that gives constitutional right to an abortion. The court's ruling would be most acutely felt by women who don't have the means or ability to travel from states that have or stand poised to pass stiff abortion restrictions or outright bans. The leak jump-started the intense political reverberations that the High Court's ultimate decision was expected to have in the midterm election year. Already, politicians on both sides of the aisle were seizing on the report to fundraise and energize their supporters on both sides of the issue. Russian forces began storming the steel mill containing the last pocket of resistance in Mariupol on Tuesday, just as scores of civilians evacuated from the bombed-out plant reached relative safety and told of days and nights filled with dread and despair from constant shelling. Osnat Lubrani, the UN humanitarian coordinator for Ukraine, said that thanks to the evacuation effort over the weekend, 101 people, including women, the elderly and 17 children, the youngest just six months old, were able to emerge from the bunkers under the Azovstal steelworks and see the daylight after two months. One evacuee said she went to sleep at the plant every night, afraid she wouldn't wake up. The news for those left behind was more grim. Ukrainian commanders said Russian forces backed by tanks began storming the sprawling plant, which includes a maze of tunnels and bunkers spread out over four square miles. 
How many Ukrainian fighters were holed up inside was unclear, but the Russians put the number at about 2,000 in recent weeks, and 500 were reported to be wounded. A few hundred civilians also remained there, the Ukrainian deputy prime minister said. He added that throughout the night, the plant was hit with naval and artillery fire and airstrikes. Two civilian women were killed and ten civilians wounded, he said. The UN's Lubrani expressed hope for further evacuations, but said none had been worked out. In his nightly video address, Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky said that by storming the steel mill, Russian forces violated agreements for safe evacuations. He said the prior evacuations are not a victory yet, but it's already a result. I believe there is still a chance to save other people. Brazil's Supreme Electoral Court has withdrawn an invitation for the European Union to send observers for the October election after President Jair Bolsonaro's government objected, the EU and the election body confirmed on Tuesday. The TSE, Brazil's top election authority, said last month that it had invited the European Union for the first time to observe this year's general election, when Bolsonaro will seek re-election. Two days later, the foreign ministry objected, saying Brazil has never had its elections evaluated by an organisation of which it's not a member. The TSE said in a statement it found that the necessary conditions were not present to enable a comprehensive electoral observation mission after preliminary talks with EU officials. Bolsonaro had questioned the validity of Brazil's electronic voting system and made baseless allegations of fraud in the 2018 race, stirring concerns that he may not accept the results of the October election. The EU said it had received an invitation letter from the TSC in March to send a team to explore the usefulness, advisability and feasibility of having an observation mission for the first time in Brazil for the elections. Opinion polls show leftist former president Luiz da Silva has a comfortable lead over Bolsonaro, though his advantage has been eroded in recent surveys. You can subscribe to 5-Minute News on YouTube with your preferred podcast app. Ask your smart speaker or enable 5-Minute News as your Amazon Alexa flash briefing skill. Subscribe, rate and review online at 5minute.news. 5-Minute News is an evergreen podcast covering politics, inequality, health and climate, delivering independent, unbiased and essential world news daily. This is Peter. And this is Tom. We want to tell you guys a little bit about our podcast. Tom and I met in college, became best friends, and then teachers almost 20 years ago. Sometimes school just does not allow us to elaborate on the topics that we find interesting, like the real shark attacks that inspired the movie Jaws, or the real historical context to Indiana Jones artifacts. Where does cereal come from? Or are zombies real? Does Ben Franklin really deserve to be on a $100 bill? On our podcast, just like in our class, there are no stupid questions. Just two friends having a lighthearted conversation about history, pop culture, and the context of current events. Listen to History Teachers Talking Podcast from Evergreen Network, anywhere you get your podcasts.